Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. And, boy, we had a, a wacky weekend in college football, didn't we? Uh, how about we talk about it and maybe even vent a little bit? Joining us now to discuss the news in college football, Michael Felder of Stadium Sports. Michael, thank you so much for joining us. We greatly appreciate it. So we went over all the latest moves in, com- in uh, conference realignment but I have a sneaky suspicion that we're not done yet. Do you also have this sneaky suspicion? And if so, what are the next moves going to be? So I don't even think it's sneaky. I think it's the reality. And and what we're dealing with right now, what we're looking at is uh, Florida State kind of lost in the sauce, right? Florida State lost in the Mm -hmm. shovel, but they say, hey, we don't want to be here no more, man. Like, so we got to find something else because we can't, they can't look across that state and look at Florida making that much money. They can't look up. You know, the highway at mm-hmm. Auburn making all that money. Look at Georgia making all that money. And, and, and what are we talking about? Five-hour radius around them? We got teams that are making astronomically more than they are. And I think that's something that for the folks in Tallahassee that want to be a football school that kind of hung their hat on being a football school, that's a big deal for them. So I think Florida State, pro- probably Clemson. Um, and then we'll see what happens with Miami, obviously. I don't know how desirable they're going to be. We'll see if Mario Cristobal can – turn them into something desirable. But what I want folks to understand is I started in this industry in 2008, right? And I'll go even further. I start when I was a player at UNC, 2003, 2006, right? Three, four, five, six. Yeah. The ACC went out and added Virginia Tech and uh, Miami from from the Big East because they were thinking we want to get a conference championship game. They added BC the next year as well. And so now we got a conference championship game, and that's where that was going. So they kind of kicked off that whole thing. And I'm not including kind of the WAC versus the Mountain West and all those things, but that kicked off big realignment. Then we see Nebraska go, as I get into this industry, we see Nebraska head to the Big Ten because they want money. We see Colorado move to the Pac-12 because they think it's going to give them access to California. It doesn't really do that. So now we see Colorado go back to the Big 12, which is where they were supposed to be probably the whole time. Um, But now we're watching Utah, Arizona, Arizona State go to the Big 12. We're watching – Oklahoma and Texas moved to the SEC. So the Big 12, which we thought was going to die, ultimately decides we're going to add these other teams in. We're going to stay alive. These are the BGs right here. They are staying alive. And so I love that for them. Um, The big (laughs) thing for me is how this all operates. What we have right now, here's the reality. And I think we're going to see this happen a little bit more. But the reality is Washington State, Oregon State, Stanford, and Cal left out in the cold. But the scary thing is going to be what happens when Clemson, Florida State, Miami likely end up in the SEC, and then UVA, Duke, UNC end up in the Big Ten, and then we're going to look at we're looking at Syracuse, we're looking at BC, we're looking at NC State, we're looking at what happens with Virginia Tech, which I think is maybe the most intriguing one. The two Techs are the most intriguing. Georgia Tech, tremendous school. They would probably want to travel with the rest of those ACC partners to go to the Big Ten because they definitely do not want to go to the SEC. There's a reason they left that league already. And then Virginia Tech, I think, would love to be in the SEC from a cultural standpoint. So this is those schools are the ones that are going to be in that same mix as Washington State, Oregon State, Stanford, and Cal. And that's the part. Those are the schools that need to be fearful. I think UNC is always going to be desirable. I think Duke's going to be desirable as a brand. So that's the part that's going to be interesting and how you cobble that together. Maybe the Big 12 grabs uh, NC State and they go out and they grab Georgia Tech or something. But it's going to be really interesting to see how this all shakes itself out. Uh, Michael, you did a great job going over some of the history and how exactly we got here. And that, that's something I was thinking about over the weekend. What what exactly was the tipping point? Do you think we're here on Friday if Texas, Oklahoma never happens? 
No, I don't think so. I think kind of. I think everybody's happy to kind of stand, you know, stand pat. But when Texas Oklahoma happens, the Big Ten has to have a reaction. And the reaction for the Big Ten is, guess what? We're going to go out west and we're going to take those guys. And what we've really seen, and this is something that I didn't know if we were ever going to see, but what we've really seen is kind of this uh, slow but sure erosion of that Rose Bowl alliance, right? The Pac-12 and the Big in the Big Ten. They used to walk in lockstep, vote the same way, think about the same, think about things the same way, and that erosion of that both relationship but also on the field competitiveness has been quite palpable. And so what we're seeing is them be like, you know what? All the teams that we would have played in the Rose Bowl, guess what? We're going to add those teams to our actual roster, and so they have nothing to offer. So at the end of the day, we might. What are we going to do? We're going to see two Big Ten teams in the Rose Bowl. Like the Big Ten team that doesn't go to the expanded playoff, we're going to see them in the Rose Bowl or something. It's going to be really interesting to see. But I do want to – this is the point that I've been trying to make, and I think this is the big, the bigger point. Everybody keeps pointing to the bottom line, right? They keep pointing to how much money somebody's going to make. This conference is going to make more money than this conference, and this conference is going to make more money than this conference. And this is something that I thought about a long for a long, for a long time. I thought about it long and hard. This is not about the total amount of money. It's not about the total revenue that each school gets. It's not about total revenue each conference brings in. It's about stopping the other people from making money. Money is important. Yes, you can buy things. You can pay your coaches. You can pay your staff. You can have analysts. You can have 30-person uh, coach analyst staffs. But at the end of the day, what the money does and what the – at the end of the day, it's not about money. It's about control. And now they can control what other people have. And so they have the ability to shut out people from – stealing coaches, the ability to shut out people from being able to recruit across the country, the ability to shut out people from hosting games, the ability to shut out people from getting to the playoff. And so even as the playoff expands, in theory, everyone's like, oh, yeah, more people are going to get in. But as this expansion, as, as this expand, conference expansion happens, conference realignment happens, what we're seeing is, oh, we'll just add the teams that we're going to make it anyways. And now we're just get, what you know what we're going to do? We will get more money. But the reality of it is you get less money. ACC, less for you, because you might get one team in. We're going to get four in. Uh, Big 12, less for, more for you in theory, but less for you. You might get two in, but we're still going to get four. And if we got 12 teams, we got four SEC, we got four uh, Big 10, that's eight teams from those two conferences combined. And then all we're looking at, four guys. We got four pieces. That's not good for a team like a Boise State. That's not good for a team like a Cincinnati. That's not good for a team like that. Like, so that's the part to me that's going to be pretty interesting and again. With Clemson, Florida State, Miami possibly moving, and then UNC, UVA, and Duke, that's going to be a really interesting element to this. But I think control is the key because control is stopping people from making money more than it is just making the money. Hmm. Well, speaking of control and money and value, bottom line, the SEC, do you think yeah. they are content with 16 teams? And if they are not and they are thinking, okay, maybe we're going to add, who would that be that's available and could add value? Florida State and Clemson. I mean, I think that's a given. Like, that's why I kind of went to them immediately. Like, those two teams. And, listen, if you don't think that both of those schools got lawyers working ex exceptionally hard right now <laughs> to find a loophole, you are wrong. They are paying their best and brightest to find a way to get out of that grant of rights, which runs through 2036. They don't want to wait till 20, 2036. They are working on it. Virginia Tech probably also working on it. Everybody is going to find a way to get out of this because if one team breaks, the whole thing can break. And listen, I grew up in ACC country. I grew up an ACC kid. I grew up going to the ACC tournament in Greensboro. I know they moved the headquarters here to Charlotte recently, but I grew up when it was in Greens. The ACC headquarters was in Greensboro. I, I grew up on this. I grew up when it was 
Florida State in the in the in the in the eight dwarves, right? Like I grew up when Florida State was the king of the country, king king in the castle, king in the castle. Like I grew up with that, <laughs> and uh, like literally, they want to get back to that, and they can't get back to that with the amount of ducats that they got right now. They can't get back to it with ACC money when they're competing against Florida, when they're competing against Georgia, when they're competing against. I mean, game one this year is them against LSU. When they're competing against LSU, like you got to figure out how you can make LSU money. And the only way for them to do that is to join ranks with LSU. Same thing with Oklahoma and Texas. That's the reason why they did it. So from the athletic, uh, just going over the dollars and cents, and perhaps there's an even uh, a betting angle to this. Uh, SEC inked a $3 billion deal for 10 years with Disney beginning in yep. 2024. Big 10 reached a deal with Fox, CBS, NBC worth up to $7.5 billion over seven years. Even though the Big Ten, uh, you know, as it stands right now, has two more members than the SEC does, <laughs> It looks like, though, that the Big Ten would be gaining more money through this TV deal. So is it possible that fairly soon the Big Ten could surpass the SEC just because there's more money in the coffers? I that's see I've had a I'm really I'm have I have a really rough time with that one. I had to take my hat off. We're getting a little hot. I just got back from a three mile run. So <laughs> excuse <laughs> nice. me. Um, no, Good I um. I'm, listen, I try to stay active, man. I, I got to chase this kid around. Um, I don't think that, that surpass <laughs> is an interesting quality. They've already surpassed the SEC from a financial standpoint. They are they're 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 financial. Um, they are stable. They are secure. They know what they are. They know how to make their they know how they make their money. I think what we're dealing with now is a is a talent situation, right? And I think realistically, in the Big Ten, we're looking at four and a half schools that can recruit at a high level, right? Mm -hmm. Ohio State, Michigan, USC, and then some combination of UCLA and Penn State. Right. And I think both of those schools are like, they're like, they're close, but they're not at that, that as my, but my buddy, but my buddy, but my friend, Bud Elliott calls it the, the blue chip threshold, right? They're right there on the line yeah. year to year. Some years they're over, some years they're under, but they're right there on the line. So that's why I kind of threw a half in there. Um, but you got, those schools are there. And so the thing for me that I'm looking at is in the SEC, Georgia, Florida, Alabama, LSU, A&M, Auburn, now Oklahoma. And we have, now we have, they got eight schools. Money be damned. They got eight schools that can recruit above the threshold. Eight versus four, eight versus five, that still puts the SEC out in front. A little bit less money, but guess what? They don't have to travel as far to get those kids. And that's the part that people don't think about. They don't have to travel as far to get those kids. Michigan got to go. They got to move. They, those kids ain't in Michigan. They got to go into Ohio. They got to get into Pennsylvania. But they also got to go to Texas. And they got to go to try to go to California. And I think that's a big ad for them to get USC and UCLA is now they have a programmed in trip to California, which you leave a day early. You leave on Thursday. You spend Thursday. You spend. You leave on Thursday afternoon. You spend Thursday night in the hotel. But that coach gets to spend Friday night at a game. He gets to talk to a kid, and then you play your game on Saturday, and then you get to go back. So I think that's an interesting element to it. I just think that the SEC. The, that's this is where the kids are, right? Like they don't call it a Rust Belt for for no no reason. People are moving out of there. People are moving to the South. I listen. Charlotte is one of the Charlotte, Charlotte, Atlanta, Jacksonville, Orlando are some of the biggest, most, the fastest growing cities in the country. And they're still growing, even with the recession that hit, still building new houses. My family, my, my, my in-laws, my brother, my brother's wife, 
her family works in construction. They didn't take no days off, baby. They didn't take no days off. They were framing houses and getting stuff done. Like they own framing companies. They own cranes. They are still putting, listen, they putting them trusses on the roof because somebody going to buy this <laughs> house. Somebody probably already bought that house. And that's a yeah. different part here than it is up north. And I think that the kids are always going to be here. So you're going to have to spend that extra money that the big things make it. They're going to have to spend it to come down here to get kids. Uh, speaking of more movement, I don't think it's any coincidence that next year the chairman of NBC Sports is going to be the new athletic director over in South Bend, Indiana. So yeah. what do you do if you're Notre Dame? You stay in pack. I listened to um, the new ACC athletic director. I listened to him talk about it. And somebody asked if Notre Dame was interested in joining the conference or they were trying to push to get Notre Dame to join the conference. And then he was like, they're really happy with their end. He, it was, he did a really good job. He was like, they're really happy with their independence. They really like how, who they are. They have a really good television deal. They also have a great deal with us with, through Disney. And so we're, we're, we're going to continue this partnership because it does help. It, it does, like, five games a year does help the ACC. Some years you get two games where those are home games, where those are sellouts. Every time Notre Dame plays at an ACC school, it's a sellout. Every time uh, an ACC school travels to Notre Dame, it's one of those things where even especially, like, Coaches, coaches love to be like talk about the Lord and talk about how important it is. I remember when we played at Notre Dame, uh, Coach uh, Bunning was like, "Hey, man, we are going to, we're going to go a day early. We're going to take the tour, and it's like a museum. And then you also have to play a football game, and that still exists. And and so, especially for older coaches, like it's Notre Dame still holds that big clout. So I don't think Notre Dame's going anywhere. I think this year, actually, if you want to talk about, um, I know they're not on the board right now as a as a for a national championship winner, but I think this is a team that. They, oh, there they are right there, Notre Dame, plus 3,000. Yeah, I um, listen, I think they are flying – because of all the conference realignment talk, because of the Florida State hype train, because of the question marks at quarterback at Alabama, Notre Dame is quietly just flying under the radar. I think they would be a good bet, and I do think that with respect to realignment, they're not going anywhere. they got the sweetheart deal with NBC. And because the Big Ten has now inked this deal with NBC, I wouldn't be surprised to see them link back some of those Big Ten schools, right? Michigan, mm-hmm. Michigan State, games that they used to play every single year. And I wouldn't be surprised to see them link back up with those schools. And by the way, wouldn't be surprised to see them try to put one of those games on Peacock. Oh, <laughs> that would be cool. All right, we have less than a minute. What do you think okay. happens with these four remaining Pac-12 teams? I, they've got to find some sort of a partnership with the Mountain West is my only answer. That's the only answer I've got for you is it's got to be something with the Mountain West. And the Mountain West is going to be looking at them like, oh, you didn't want Boise State. You didn't want these guys. You, we come Now you got to come to us hat in hand. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you got to come to us hat in hand if you want to fill out that schedule. So this is going to be a really interesting thing. <laughs> um, by the way, last thing, I know we got to really quick. Talk about two teams with disparate pass. From that San Diego County credit card ball, I believe it was, where TCU played Boise State. Boise State still in the Mountain West. TCU now in a Big 12. That looks like they might be the third strongest conference right now amazing divergence in those two brands. Michael Felder of Stadium Sports. Make sure to follow him on X at In the Bleachers. Thank you so much for your time. We greatly appreciate it. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, we wrap up our conversation on Tier 3 of Mike Sando's quarterback tiers. How fadeable are the seller-dwelling quarterbacks? That's right here on the BetQL Network.